Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 417, um, the episode you've all been waiting for, our certified infamous best TV shows of 2023. Man, can't believe 2023 is done and over with. I, I know. We, but we had fun um, yeah. saying goodbye to... Um, to 2023 you had like really good like short rib thing i had a great steak it was fun and said hello to 2024 with a nice rose bowl victory michigan wolverines yeah there you go hail to the victors yes that's them yeah so when do they play again monday monday why is it not on saturday because nfl's on saturday and there's no nfl on uh monday Barf Arama. Super barf. There should there should just like Saturday is for football for college football. No, Saturday. NFL. No, Saturday is all right for fighting. That too. But anyway. So all right. So we are going to review the penultimate episode of Monarch season one. Uh your favorite word. Reacher. Episode two or episode six, season two, which next week is the penultimate episode of Reacher. So I'll get to use it again two weeks in a row. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to go into our certified infamous list. But we are going to um, we're going to just do quick reviews for for Reacher and um, Monarch for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, Got a lot to cover. So anyway, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right into Monarch. Um, and so this one titled Alex Mon- uh, uh, Access Monday, uh, directed by Andy Goddard and written by Matt Fraction. And before we started, I was telling Daryl, like, this is the episode I've been looking most forward to all season because it was written by Matt Fraction, who is a great comic book writer. Um, just great writer mm-hmm. in general. So so I, I was pretty excited for that. The other thing that I really liked about this episode is it took place in 2015, 1962, and 1982, which I thought was awesome. Um, yeah. And we got a lot. We got a lot of answers um, about, like, just some world-building stuff. I don't feel like there is a, a ton of uh, loose ends. Um, that are are left, but then also there was there's some threads that are being laid out for season two, right? And, and I yeah. I will say that yeah I agree with you as far as the answers we got we it, I think this show has done a good job with not just letting stuff go or they would sprinkle stuff in and they've answered those questions down the road right now I will say that one of the particular answers we got, I was not quite as, I was a little disappointed, not much, but you know, if, if I'm going to talk about a, you know, a, a complaint I had with this episode, mm-hmm. like a real complaint, it, it's like, I wasn't quite satisfied with what we got right. for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, uh, We'll see what happens with with all of that. But anyway, um, yeah, so let's um, 
let's just get into like we'll we'll, we'll break it down like we normally do. Um, but we're going to go 1962, 1982, 2015 cuz like there's it's just the way the story the there there's the beginning, middle and end, right? Yeah. Um and so in 1962, Shaw volunteers to lead Operation Hourglass, which I think is really funny because I love how Monarch just brands everything. Like <laughs> their little their Titan their Titan lore had the Monarch logo on it. The the little ship had the Titan logo on it or the Monarch logo on it. Um but they are doing an expedition into the Hollow Earth. Now I found this really interesting because like in was it Kong versus what's what's the first one where they went into the Hollow Earth? Was it was it Godzilla, the second Godzilla King of Monsters? Or was it you know, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong? I think it was Godzilla versus Kong. Okay. So they, the monarch people were like super surprised to see the Hollow Earth. Or Hollow Earth. Um, so that was weird. Yeah, and, and one thing I really sh- probably should have done just for consistency, I think you did do this, is watch these other films. Yeah, because, I went back and watched them. Again, it, this is in a way, and I'll explain why I'm saying it, it's in a way retconning because we're seeing stuff that we didn't see, but it's not necessarily retconning what happened, but I don't act exactly know if it, well, I should say, I don't exactly so know I'm gonna, if it's I'm, 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 stuff I'm, or not. So I asked a question that I have the answer to, but like, mm-hmm. I know it's, I don't, I don't consider this a retcon mm-hmm. because when yeah. Sean, and his team disappear, they shut down Monarch. Right. So, but then in 1982, Monarch is back. So yes. we're going to get, this is what I think season two is going to be. It's going to be the younger version of uh, uh, Hiroshi, and how they restart. And how Monarch, they restart maybe. Monarch. That is yeah. like the that is that thread that has been laid bare for season mm-hmm. two because it's really interesting because uh, the nurse who was helping Shaw is Kentaro's mom, right? Yeah. So you know, it, it's just um, it's just one of those things. But yeah, so Shaw finds uh, his team gets killed down there um, by an ion dragon, uh, which which was really interesting. And like, I thought that the effects of like the team getting struck by lightning, the lightning and stuff like that, was crazy. That was really cool. Um, yeah. And like that, okay, Zack Snyder, go watch this episode. That is a good use of slow motion. So uh, it wasn't gratuitous like the other 95 minutes of all of your movies. Um, <laughs> but no, no it he, was, does, he, he actually does a great job of slow motion and action sequences. His issue is using slow motion when somebody's spreading seeds in a right. He's yeah. trying to make the mundane like, look exciting because right. You know, That's no, dude, that, we yeah. don't need slow motion for that. Yeah, come on. You're right. So anyway, um. But yeah, so I thought it was really interesting like here too because they found out like they can't just drop something in there. The only way that the rift stabilizes is when titans come through. Um, And Lorian will go. Right. Well, you know, that is true. That is very true. Um, So yeah, it's 
it's interesting. Like, I really like, I liked this part, like, because again, it's like, okay, this, this is, it answered why Shaw looks, is 90 years old and looks like a 60 something, 70 year old man, you know? Yeah. Because he lost 20 years of time. Right. Um, and you apparently don't age down there. Um, but again, this is a plot hole because when they went into the Hollow Earth and Kong versus Godzilla and came back, it was like within minutes or hours. So maybe we'll learn something new there. Um, but anyway, so because, you know, I mean, they did learn something new, obviously, but in, in what, 50 years. <laughs> so, um, and then he gets sucked back through the rift, which I thought was interesting. Okay, so like he's I, not like, supposed to be there, right? So that's one. Like like you said, I'm just reiterating. Yeah, what happened to the team? I thought, and again, this this show has had some really kick ass special effects yeah. throughout. It's done a really Kudos good job. Where, and I just I just laugh because this is a TV show, and you have these big budget movies like The Flash or what have you that <laughs> had absolutely putrid special effects yeah. it makes it's just embarrassing yeah that this show is doing better than i'd say 70 percent of or 75 percent of the comic movies i've seen in the last three or four years uh, maybe more i actually. think it's doing better than most movies just in general in the last yeah 10 years which i mean uh, like you said kudos to apple and the team behind doing all this so including including the the universal or whatever is it universal, including the you know Kong versus Godzilla stuff and and you know, um, I think um, Skull Island, like the the special effects, like were really good in that one. The mm -hmm. uh, the first Godzilla, the special effects were great. Godzilla when King of Monsters, yeah, right. Well, yeah, um, but then Godzilla King of Monsters, I I felt like they were like kind of rushed. So, mm -hmm. um, and then Kong versus Godzilla, it, it's just like. Come on, like wh whose idea was it to make them fight on a boat and that Godzilla wouldn't just go down, turn around, hit him with his tail, like sweep the leg, Johnny, and then <laughs> like drown his ass in the water? Yeah, I, I was not a fan of the boat fight. So, I mean, because honestly, the other thing Godzilla could have done was just hold his mouth open and then baby bird him to death. <sighs> Still one of my favorite scenes. In Flawless movie. victory. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a fatality. <laughs> yeah, that's fatality. So, oh, you know what? We should do a Mortal Kombat style game with the fatalities and everything with movie monsters. <laughs> but like, you can have like Gypsy Danger, you can have Ultraman, you can have you know all that. That would be cool. All the kaiju <laughs> from from um, Pacific Rim, not the second Pacific mm -hmm. Rim, just the first one. Um, what what second Pacific Rim? You're not allowed to do that. That's my bit. Mm, no, <laughs> I've been doing that for a while too, though for different movies. You're a liar. Not as much as you. You are no, a liar and a have. thief. <laughs> <laughs> Figures. All right, let's uh let's hop to 1980. We're going way long on this, <laughs> so let's yeah. hop to 1982. Shaw wakes up in a Monarch uh, hospital uh, or medical facility. Uh, Emiko, Kentaro's mom, 
is his nurse who he takes hostage, which was pretty clever the way he did that. Um, and he's um, met by an adult Hiroshi. Uh, Hiroshi tells him that Bill is dead because he's running. Like I thought Wyatt Russell was great in this scene. I want to talk to Bill Randa. Like, where is Bill? <laughs> like, you know, he was just like adamant about it. Um, and then, uh, you know, they're like, he's dead, you know, and uh, Hiroshi shows him the knife that he gave him earlier in the episode. Uh, and that Monarch intends to like, leave the Titans, like just leave them alone, you know, and this is 1982. So, um, and then Shaw's put into a facility and then it fast forwards to 19, uh, or sorry, 2014 when, or 20, yeah, 2014, uh, well, I guess 2015 when Godzilla is like raging havoc on San Francisco. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's defending San Francisco really from from the two motives. Um, Mutos. 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 Let let them fight. Yeah. Let let. So them. I. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So when ahead. I was talking about my disappointment, I was a little disappointed with the whole Shaw has been under house arrest for yeah forty years or whatever. Uh, no, I mean because he or, was still well, young in nineteen eighty two. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, so, that's what I mean. But eighty-two, right. like we went from eighty-two to twenty-fourteen. Yeah, and then that's when he sees Godzilla's attack. Right, and he's in the same facility. So we so don't I, know if he was working. See, this is what I think. This is this is again yeah. a season two thread, right? Because I think he worked with Hiroshi this whole time and to revitalize. Because at the end of nineteen sixty-two, uh, General Puckett is like, "Dude, we're shutting this down," and Randa's like, "Come on." Like I got this, and he's like, "No, it's too late." So that's that's where again, that could absolutely be a threat. Yeah. However, I can only judge it by what we see sure, now. Sure. So, I, I, I would have to think, because I would be extremely disappointed if they don't show, say, you know, with season two, show in those intervening years him working with Hiroshi. There's a reason, Monarch. There's a reason know? he's on house arrest, and yeah. that reason is not necessarily tied to him coming back from the uh, right. the quiet place. Yes. And or what was it called yeah. in um the Jordan Peele movie with the um the black people when they put the white people's consciousnesses in them what was that movie called? Oh, uh, uh get out. Get out, right? But where did they go when the, the Yeah, I'm trying to I figure out what, what it was called. called. Like, yeah. like like it's not the upside down. Although the upside down works too. But anyway, <laughs> um yeah, so it like this to me was like the weakest part of this show of this episode, mm -hmm. not the show in general, but like but it also to me is it's weak because it's the laying foundation of what I feel is going to be a greater story. Yeah, and and I think so too. I'm just yeah. talking about from this episode. Yeah. So I yeah I I will say that I'm disappointed with the option to change if they go about what we're what we what you're saying and what I think I you know I believe you and I yeah. I think that's what they're going to do because it really wouldn't make sense not to leverage his experience yeah right of working with my so that wouldn't make sense to me yeah. so and and I'm glad that you believe me but this is all just conjecture on my part I don't know like I, I haven't there's no. nothing I've read about this it's just from like solid storytelling like 
which this well, show yeah, has. That's what I mean by, it's like, yeah. yes, this seems to be the natural progression that they're doing. Anyway. All right, let's uh 2015. So um Monarch saves Kentaro and Tim uh from the power plant. Kentaro is all beat up. He's got like a boot, broken arm, crutches. Um, and then uh how do you say her name? Ver Verdugo? I think so. Yeah. She she right. tells Kentaro that they're all dead. Like that his time here is done. I love it when she says your time on this planet is done or time in this space is done. And it's like killing him what's happening here are you just gonna let him go like what yeah, what what that's, <laughs> that's like an employer saying you know asking so well johnny's no longer with us right it's like did johnny die did he die i mean, I mean it's like when we said johnny's no longer with us i mean everybody just assumed but anyway um so kentaro goes back to japan and his mom amiko is like come on chin up chin up slugger you you can get a job. I don't want a job. You can find something to do with your life. I don't want to do anything with my life. It was like <laughs> I was laughing the entire time because he was so petulant, right? Um, and then uh, you know, there's a bunch of time that passes in nineteen or in twenty fifteen here because oh, like, he's healed when he goes to uh, um Hiroshi's office. Right and uh, yeah, and considering how he looked when we first see him in the hospital, yeah, I mean, dude was basically in traction. Right, right. So, um, and he goes there to he goes to the hospital or to, or sorry, Hiroshi returns to his office and Kentaro is there like looking for stuff. Um, and I thought that was a great scene because Kentaro tells him that Kate like she would follow you anywhere, and now she's dead. <gasps> she's dead. You killed her. She's dead. Um. And the way Hiroshi breaks down, I thought was really great. Oh, I thought yeah, that was such a well done scene. The, the two actors together, like they really did a yeah. good job playing off of each other. And it was so well written. And again, like Matt Fraction, man. Um, anyway, so then Shaw and May, well, Shaw wakes up in the hollow earth first and then he finds May. And to be honest, if I'm Shaw, I'm probably pushing May into one of the lightning bolts. <laughs> so, like, she is just she has turned out to be such a bad character. Yeah, um, just so poorly written. Just like, like just yeah, just like no intention to her. Like, honestly, her story ended two episodes ago. They should have just left her with her family. And I think what happens too, if 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 Kintaro is facing the loss of Kate and Shaw, like. May's just an afterthought in all this. Like, I know he had a relationship with her, but like, she was not nice to him ever. No. So, no, it's like he was a passport bro. He was gonna go from Japan to like somewhere else and find a girl. <laughs> I'm glad you got that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so Shaw and May are in the Hollow Earth, and Shaw's telling her where to step and how to avoid the the Ion Storm and everything, which was cool. And they're yelling for Kate, and it's like, wait a second, guys, you're in the land of Titans. Maybe hear me out. You don't scream at the top of your lungs to let everything and everyone know where you are. I know, right? Like, um, yeah. And then, um, so from there, then we, we actually find Kate waking up on, on the ground. Um, and I'm assuming Kate 
is not just in another part, but like probably like a couple like like time has passed since she landed and that they landed because she fell in so much earlier than they did. Well, it kind of reminds me of uh, Thor Ragnarok when Thor and Loki get yeah. knocked out of the Bifrost. Right. Or uh, Jar Jar's um, Star Trek. When the, oh, the Romulus, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Romulans uh, showed up and like way earlier than Spock. Like, yeah. why, why, what does Jar Jar have anything to do with Star Trek? Jar Jar Abrams. I know. For a second, I was like, Jar Jar. Me said to direct the movie. <laughs> Fucking. I swear I would kick him so hard in the taint. Just so hard. Like literally, if I like if 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 I could have done the VIP at Star Wars Celebration, and the and it was like you can take a swing at JJ or Ryan Johnson, or for an extra thousand dollars, both that'd have been money well spent. <laughs> money well spent. I would more go after Ruin than anybody. Yeah, but, I mean, if I could go after the, both, you know. like you know, that'd be great. Anyway, so Kay wakes up. And she's attacked by a bramble boar. I love that name because he looked like a bush, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought, like, this was, like, this was, like, high-level Kate. Like, she was being smart. She wasn't, like, mm-hmm. screaming. She was, like, kind of, like, moving slow and everything. And, like, I, it was, like, and the scene really built a lot of tension, um, even though we right. knew exactly what was going to happen. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, and then Brave showed up. I mean, Kiko. <laughs> showed up um with a bow and arrow looking like a straight g like the light behind her looking hot as fuck like you know it's like yeah all right because kiko was like the most capable of the original three anyway right <laughs> she, i mean she's the brains of the operation and she looks nice in a dress i mean and in just fatigues and whatever she's a very attractive woman uh <laughs> But it, it and it ends with uh, a couple arrows shooting through, and then we get that hero shot of Kiko. Um, yeah, and I thought this was a great way to end the episode and to go into the finale. Yeah, and and so. I kind of rolled my eyes because not because it was bad, but just because I knew exactly what was coming. Once we cut to Kate, I mean, I, I told like, oh, you, I we, told you how yeah, this, I, I told you exactly how the episode was going to end too. Yeah, I don't and, think and I set a like, bow and arrow, but I said she was gonna have no, some kind of a, didn't no, she had some kind of a weapon, no. but yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, it, it, I mean, again, it's uh, knowing right. storytellers and knowing the the medium that yeah. this is, you knew, yeah, absolutely yeah. knew when that was gonna happen. All right. so. so, all right, so out of five, Kiko the Braves, Kiko the Braves, what do you give it? I give it uh, three point eight eight. Three point. All right, I went the four point oh one. I I just thought this was fantastic storytelling. I I I really just you know can't like this is my favorite episode of the season, and it's not my highest scored se- episode, but it's right. my favorite um, episode um, yeah. of the season. Yeah, I think it had some like especially you talking about Kintaro and his father. That was one, maybe one of my favorite. No, not maybe. That's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. In this season, no doubt. I don't, I'm not going to say it is my favorite, but it's one. It's absolutely top three of my favorite scenes in this yeah. series so far. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's uh, let's move on to Reacherville, because um, we are we're way over. 
<laughs> so all right. So uh, we'll just we'll just knock Reacher out real quick. So out of five brutal stealth kills, I give this a four point four nine. Nice. I went four point eight eight. This is my this is my favorite episode of the season. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, I told you. I think I told you that. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is my favorite episode yeah. of the season. So this is uh episode called New York's Finest, uh, written again by Carol Banker, just like last week. Or I'm sorry, directed by Carol Banker, just like last week. Written by Kate Duffy and Michael G. Gutierrez. Um, and so, yeah, so the, this it picks up with the, the building explosion. And Russo gives the team a lead regarding uh, Marlo Burns, who works for New Age. Is it? Yeah, New Age. Um, who like has been on the run and they track her down. And that was a great, great scene. Great yeah. scene when they track her down and she sits stand at, um, well, I mean, I think we're meant to assume dude is gay. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, um, but yeah, so it, it's just all of this and, and, you know, Langston is warning her and like threatening to kill her and her daughter and, and everything. Um, and so yeah, so they 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 track him down, track her down, and they obviously like don't want to scare this little girl and traumatize her any more than she's already going to be traumatized, right? Um, yeah, if they only knew, <laughs> right? God, if they knew what's going to happen just a scant thirty minutes later. Um, but yeah, so they 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 capture the homeowner. <laughs> And Reacher grabs a plastic water bottle out of the trash and cuts the top off and tapes it to his gun. He's like, this is a silencer. I'm going to shoot you in the leg. And the guy spills the beans immediately. And uh, he's like, dude, it's 16 millimeters of plastic. <laughs> and the look on the guy's face. Anyway. All right. Um, so, yeah. So they get what they need. They reach out to Russo. Um, and this time, Russo goes to his commanding officer's house and finds out like yes he's on the tank from langston and you know russo should just fall in line um which was a really like that was a great scene like dom dom lombardozzi did a great job um, in this scene too right like super well written super well acted from both actors um kind of that whole like b story like like throughout this throughout the season has has Russo been compromised and things like that and like we find out last episode that he's not but here it's like is he going to be compromised is he going to actually like take this yeah. um but yeah so and, i don't think but you, you yeah you you knew he wasn't just because of with his dad and the fact that his commander mentions his father mm-hmm. and how good of a cop he was and he died because of how he was a good cop, cop and he yeah. refused to take yeah which i mean he's we've been trumping that or we've been but the story's been yeah. trumping that like you said the whole time and that was a great scene that was a very good scene mm-hmm. i would say russo is uh let's see might want to mention that to reacher and I, I told you this like like and mm-hmm. later on we'll talk about it where you know you went up against this guy or you confronted this guy. He yeah. said he's terrified not to take the money because mm-hmm. it's an order and he knows what will happen to him. Right. If you know that, you know he's going to sell you out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, that's not even a question. Not even. The guy's going to sell you out. Yeah. No, you're right. And, uh, but, again, just such a good such a good scene. Um, so, yeah, so then we get the team – 
um, they bring Marlo and Jane, Marlo's daughter, to Russo because they've decided they are going to use Marlo as bait to lure Langston out. And so Russo's great. He's like, what am I, a babysitter? And, you know, they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it because Reacher's like, look, he's going to – his whole point is to kill her. I love he says this in front of her too. Um, he's going to bring – there's going to be four of them total. There's going to be Langston, someone to drive, and then two people to carry the body because, you know, the bad guys don't do the work. <laughs> yeah. So um, – and so he's like, oh, okay, that's the great logic. And, you know, the, the special investigators are obviously much more well-equipped to handle this than, than Russo is. Um, so they go. Sorry. And then uh, Russo is, is packing up Jane to, to go to his cousin's house on, on Staten Island. And as soon as they take, they start driving, you know, he, know, he sees they're being followed. And that car chase was great. This this yeah. this this season's had a couple really good car chases. Yeah. Um, kind of missed Reacher's you know backseat driving, but yeah, uh, it's called a high speed driving chase. quiz. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I like the, it was really it was really really cool. And you know, unfortunately, he got boxed into a corner uh, where there was a, a no outlet sort of thing. Um, and it's like a heartbreaking scene because he's like telling her to run and and everything and. Uh, you know, and, and he's going to make his his last stand. Um, and, and I'm purposely skipping what happened in the truck yard because I want to close with that. Um, and he, he, he goes and he makes his last stand to to save her. And he kills two of two of the the assailants. And then he apparently dies. Like, I, I don't I but don't if, know. I mean, he got shot a couple times. Sure. But like, yeah. I, don't I will know. say this just like in monarch yeah kiko falls through the hole we never see her yeah. die right and now we'll get more and we'll get an answer quicker with this one right. we'll get that answer next or yeah next week yeah but he is i would say he is in a lot of trouble yeah he's in peril he how about that yes so yes uh yeah and so and then jane is running away and one of the hitman hitman hitman's uh one of the heart foundation are after him and uh, or after her and he chases her down and he, he corners her and he's about to kill her. And then Neely saves the day doing what Neely does best run motherfuckers over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And so now Jane is traumatized for life. Having like, watched a guy just get completely like obliterated um, in front of her by a, a white SUV. <laughs> Was it a Bronco? Mm. No, because AC there was no AC. <laughs> anyway, um, dude, we're too old to make jokes like that. <laughs> People don't get those jokes. Um, but yeah, so so that was um, that was like, and then that the the show pretty much ended right there. Um, With but, I oh, well, oh I have sorry. to say this 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 was a great scene is as. Russo's bleeding out. He holds his hand out to Neely. Yeah. And Neely has to, because we know she does not like touching. Right. Or being touched. Yeah. And her fighting, watching her fight through, like, you know, her mm -hmm. fears about that. Yeah. And actually grabbing his hand and, right. you know, put, 
you know, putting his head on her legs. Mm-hmm. What that, that was such a good scene. Such yeah. a good scene. So I don't know. I just hope he's not dead. Yeah, I've re- I've really gotten attached to him. Yep. He's a really good character, and I like that actor. I, I like you know, like he's just he's a fun he's a fun actor, man. He's um he he had a couple. He showed up on um what's it called Entourage as like their buddy from back in the back in the neighborhood who went to jail like for Venny. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just and he's a great one of those that guy. Yes. Actors, yeah, um, who you know has he's just done a ton of stuff. Plus, like, did you ever watch Breakout Kings on AMC? I, I no, I did not. It's a really good show. He was in that. Um, obviously, he's was in the Serena Swan in that in Breakout Kings. Uh, I think she was because I, I just remember the I've seen the kind of like the poster for that show, and I, I feel like I think. I know. I feel like it's her face in it. Yeah, she was. She was in twenty-two episodes. He was in twenty-three episodes. So, yeah. And then she did Graceland. So, almost right after. Oh, that. hey. Yeah, I just looked it up, and um, yeah, Finley was in it too. Yeah. Oh, in Breakout Kings. Yeah. Oh, you're right. He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, interesting. Yeah. So Serena Swan in this episode. High marks. High marks. Yes. Like, yes, please. More of this. Uh, That's what uh, Reacher was saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he was. Uh, I like when she's like, I know your rules. Sleep when you can, but I'm horny. So we're doing this again. (laughs) He went with the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's it's more of a guideline. Yeah, it's more of a guideline. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Serena Swan comes crawling into your bed like that. What do you say? No, we're sleeping. Get your ass on that pillow. You know, no, that's not, that's not what happens. Um, so anyway, so they, uh, they figure out this way, like we talked about to use Marlo and they, they agree to meet at this, have her meet at this truck yard and they're all hidden in everything. And then, uh, you know, Langston and his crew, they're, they're professionals too, right? They're cautious. They're not just running in. And then Marlo is kind of like, they're like, who's she talking to? Because she's starting to kind of freak out a little bit. And I thought they were going to just run her over. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. They, like, rolled up trying to shoot her. And then, like, Reacher runs out and, and catch, gets her. And, you know, then um, O'Donnell and, and Dixon, they start shooting from the high ground. Which they had the high ground. I don't know how they lost. Um, yeah. But then they get the call that, you know, Jane's in trouble. So Neely rolls up. The The whole crew starts to go. And, and Reacher's like, I'm staying behind. Um, yeah. And so he then, get, yeah, he wants to get Langston. Um, yeah, he and he wanted to get his solid snake yeah. on with his yes, stuff. like you know, he was definitely like, uh, what was the other one, the Tom Clancy, Tom Clancy one, Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell, like that's one. Sam I Fisher, yeah, Sam Fisher. Yeah, uh, he takes out the tires from hiding behind a giant truck tire, which was great. Uh, and then he goes to this bus and he makes a bunch of noise, and it's like, oh god, he's gonna, he just set this massive trap. And the way he kills those two was crazy. Like the first guy, he literally just choked out, throttled, as they said. Yeah, and uh, and then the second guy, he he was choking him out over the railing, and then just broke his neck. Um, yeah. 
And then the third guy, it was like straight out of a horror movie because he was hiding under one of the one of the trucks and like grabbed his feet, not like pulled him down and then pulled him into the darkness. And it was just crazy. Do you um, think he whispered in the guy's ear as he was like, just, 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 just take it. Just don't. Just let it happen. <laughs> just let it happen. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So, and then it's him and Langston one-on-one. Um, and he's got Langston kind of dead to rights. And then, you know, a helicopter comes to save the day. And Langston, Langston gets away. And so, you know, then we went through the rest of the car chase stuff with what happened at the end. But it was such a brutal scene. It was just, a, it was, a, it's like, it was a super brutal, like 10 minutes, five minutes of TV, whatever it was, because you had Reacher literally hunting assassins. And mm-hmm. then the car chase that was going on at the same time. And then the special investigators, the rest of them trying to get to the car chase. It was, it was yeah, so I, good. It was yeah, so, so good. And you know, chopping these these mm-hmm. three different things going on at the same time, chopping them up, yeah. they did such a good job of that. Yeah, you know, sometimes because it, it was just so seamless and it kept the tension, the way they did it, and I I, I applaud them the way. Yeah. That, that's why yeah. this episode's my favorite episode yeah. of the season. Agreed. Thus far, so okay. So we have been talking about two TV shows for forty minutes. So let's uh, let's move on to the whole reason for this episode. Um, Certified infamous TV shows of 2023. Um, so we each picked five shows, which was hard. And then we were allowed oh, each. Oh, man, yeah, it was. Three, I know. I, I purposely didn't let you pick ten. Um, <laughs> and, and wow. then we did. Because you, you're going to do ten, and then you're going to do five honorable mentions. So um, anyway. And then, uh, and then we have. And then we have. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and then we, we were allowed each to do uh, three honorable mentions. So um, let's do the honorable mentions first. Um, so because we both have one in common for honorable mentions. So go ahead. With, uh, so you just want to say just all do, of them? No, do, well, no, we'll do the one that we have in common first. Oh, yeah. Monarch is uh, one of is our, our honorable mention we have in common. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought that this show so far has been, you know, very solid, very surprising because I found out about it probably a few weeks before it yeah. actually premiered. So yeah. it's not like something I'd been looking forward to all year, but it has delivered. Per, it it it's for the most part is delivered, and I'm very curious, and I like the what they it's given to the. Kong or the monster universe yeah. as far as background and I'm really looking forward to see what how the, how it finishes and what we get in a potential season two couldn't have said it better myself all right um so my non crossover honorable mention was uh, well one of the two I've left justified semi primeval um we covered this on on the show um justified is my favorite show ever um or one of so and you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed revisiting Raylan Givens in this. And I, I kind of liked the, the like the weirdness of it and some of the stuff that we picked apart. Like, I liked that. I, I liked how flawed he he's become as a character. And, you know, I'm really interested to see more. 
Yeah, I I I had a I had a, I had fun with that show yeah. or that series and had issues with it definitely didn't yeah. make my list obviously mm-hmm. but it was if I had a top 10 plus 5 yeah. I probably would have had it on sure. my plus 5. All right, so, so what's your what's your next one? The next one is one that uh, I did not know what to expect. Similar to Monarch was Blue Eye Sa- Blue Eye Samurai. And that came out at the end of the year. It's an it's an animated show. It's not. I was going to say anime, but technically it's not an anime because it's actually uh, its own property mm-hmm. uh, created for Netflix. And it tells the tale of this this samurai whose mother was uh, assaulted by like one of the four only one of the only four white men in Japan. So it takes place like you know back in the day when Japan mm-hmm. wasn't allowing yeah. foreigners in. Sure. And her and her. Um, she all she wants is to find them and kill them and again we only get the again there are four of them and we only see one Mm -hmm. of these guys in this season one so oh cool the action the first animation is great the character uh is great and there's and again the way they do it is everybody thinks she's a he because one of their things is when she grew up her the guy that took over her you know raising her had to, had to make her a she a he just to keep her s- secret mm-hmm. because people knew about this and you know they look at her as a demon because she has blue eyes and all this so great animation great like some amazing fight scenes and i really do like the story this is absolutely a uh what, what you would call for mature audiences only animation but i thought you know blue eye samurai was such so well done i Really looking forward to a season two. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Um, so mine is based on a true story. Um, my next one. Uh, it was the Peacock show with um, Kaylee Cuoco and the guy from Newsroom, um, and some British dude. I'm not remembering anybody's names <laughs> right now. Who should definitely be Batman at some point? Um, <laughs> well, let me pull it up uh, so I can get everybody's names right. Uh, based on a true story. Here we go. All right. Uh, so it's uh, Kaylee Cuoco as Ava Bartlett, Chris Mes- uh, Messina as Nathan Bartlett, and then Tom Bateman, who played Matt Pierce, who is uh, the serial killer. And I enjoyed the show because it's super irreverent. It was a lot of fun, and it was uh, it was a it was a woman who's obsessed with true crime podcast, which we both live with women who are obsessed with true crime and <laughs> uh, and then they find an actual serial killer and they're like let's just do a podcast and it's like you know i would definitely do that i would definitely if like we came across a serial killer like i would definitely do an anonymous podcast with him <laughs> or her probably him though just because you know whatever but like but it's just a fun show i mean it was it was eight episodes um i don't know if it's been picked up for a second season or not i hope it is um but they were all released at the same time uh we binged it a couple episodes a night you know it's uh it was just it was fun um it was jason bateman was one of the uh executive producers no relationship to tom bateman by the way um but yeah, if you guys go look up Tom Bateman on on the internet, like, yeah, he would be a fantastic Batman. I have to look this yeah. up. He was in the Whedon um, Much Ado. 
So that was like his first thing. He played Claudio. Oh, I could absolutely see him. As... Yeah, back in 2011. Yeah. So I think that was Whedon's, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, anyway, but yeah, no, it was fun. I just really, really liked it. Um, the cast was fun. Um, you know, there was this whole subplot with uh, Nathan's character who he was like a famous tennis player who had a career in a knee injury who was then like now just like getting shit on by life. Um, you know, like he lost his dog, <laughs> you know, to some other guy who then renamed the dog and was mean to it. <laughs> so <laughs> and like having to watch him like deal with that. It was just it was really funny. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was interesting. And it also had uh, Natalie Dreyer. Or Dyer from um, Stranger Things. Uh, she's oh, Nancy. Okay. Nancy. So uh, she she plays kind of an important role, even though she's not in it a whole lot. So, um, but yeah. So those are my three honorable mentions, and you have one. That you and have. yes, and finally, mine was uh, Beckham. It's on Netflix. It's a four part series or four part episode series about david beckham mm -hmm. his life and just it's i thought i i just i was i usually don't watch documentaries on stuff that mm -hmm. i don't you know aren't into like i watch wrestling documentaries i'll watch football right. stuff those things i watch but yeah i don't i'm not a soccer guy but i just it was one of those things i watched the trailer and then i watched you know first 10 minutes of episode one and I'm, i was absolutely hooked i thought they did a great job showing his life showing how bad people like i don't i don't necessarily remember this because i again not a soccer guy but you know when he gets the red card in the world cup which it was one of the most oh. bitchiest red cards i've ever seen as as someone who's a fan of the english national team and has like the jersey and other paraphernalia like it was bullshit it was utter bullshit. and like that ref is lucky way, he didn't get killed. Oh, I, and he still and, might and, and, someday. And let's be honest, you're not. That's not uh, over hyping over uh, being overly hyperbolic either, considering what we've seen yeah. with World Cup soccer over the decades. Yeah. So I just thought it was a fantastic story, watching him grow. You know, from this you know cocky brash. And again, it, it doesn't start with him as that, you know, the 20 year old, but it's you, you see him growing up. They, you know, they have some good videos of him growing up and his father recording his soccer games and, and, and all this stuff. I, I, w I was just very captivated by one of the best document sports documentaries I've seen. Uh, I almost put the one Barry Sanders on here as well, mm -hmm. although that would have been in the movies because yeah. that was just, you know, just an hour, 40 minutes. But sure. this was just great. I just got an appreciation for him and you know, whoever did, I, I don't know the people behind this, but very well done. And I, this is something I will absolutely watch again. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know Jen watched it and I was always worried it was to come in and watch her, you know, have walk in on her, you know, <laughs> cause Doing she's a like, yeah. Cause she loves, <laughs> she loves David Beckham apparently. Uh, cool, cool, cool. All right. So let's just, um, let's just do this. Just go through and name all five of yours because we're like running against time. Name all five mm -hmm. years and then let's just like real quickly, like in a tweet size sentence, like why each one of these is on your list. 
All right. So my five in no particular order are season two of Reacher, uh, Picard season three, Ted Lasso season three, One Piece, and uh, season six, part two of My Hero Academia. Cool. So did you want to do yours in it? No, you go want ahead. Me to do, just yeah, go? do yours. Yeah. Okay. So with Reacher again, I, I love Reacher season one. Season two has made everything better to me and given us better, more background on Reacher. And I love where it's going. It's very tight, well done. And I am here for these last two episodes yeah. and how this, how it finishes off in 2024. Cool. For Picard, again, I'm a huge, you know, grew up on Star Trek Next Generation. And after what we got for the first two seasons, I had no hope for this one until I saw somebody review it. It brings in the Next Generation crew. And it, it just does a fantastic job. Wasn't a fan of the villain, but they just did so well bringing the TNG crew with Riker, mm-hmm. Troy, and all of them. Gates McFadness, Crush, Beverly Crusher, Data, Picard, all of these people that, you know, in the 90s, 80s and 90, early 90s, I grew up watching. It was just, it wasn't pandering to me like some of these member berries are. <laughs> it, it just made everything better especially when you look at where new trek has been over the past five or 10 15 years yeah yeah i completely forgot that was in 2023 i had to double check because i'm like it seems like it's been longer than that but no it was it was here uh ted lasso season three yeah we knew ted lasso only had three seasons that that was the plan from the start haven't heard anything about recently about spinoffs Right. But I thought season three did, did a great job wrapping things up for Ted Lasso and the great, the mighty Greyhounds. <laughs> uh, it, it was just such a fun, uh, you know, I, I, again, not perfect, but Ted Lasso was one of those shows just from, from day one that the, the first time I watched it, I had a smile on my face yeah. just because it, it's that joyous type of show. Even though there are, you know, dark points in it, it's special with some of the characters and the things they go through, but overall it's just a hopeful show. And season three continued that on, even though there were a couple, I had a couple nitpicks, but it, they weren't nearly big enough for me to sure. take away my enjoyment of the show. Cool. Um, One Piece Netflix, you know, this is an anime, this is a manga. I've heard about it, I've known about it for a long time, but I've never read read the manga, I've never watched the anime. I expect, expected this to be horrible because Netflix is known to, you know, torpedo live action stuff. Butcher I was, everything. <laughs> yes. I was pleasant I was I was shocked when after watching the first episode mm-hmm. because I liked it that much. The I'm so far, I wish I'd had it in front of me, but the cast is great. Uh, it plays out like a live action anime, which sometimes when you adapt, when you adapt things, you try to take it out of its, you know, the thematics of what it's about or not what it's about, but you know, how it feels. Yeah. And this absolutely feels like an anime. And I think that's one of the reasons why, because being an anime guy, that's why. I like it so much because Wait, I'm not hold on. taking out. Hold on, I'm gonna interrupt you for a second. You're an anime mm-hmm. guy. Oh yeah, and I'm. Wait, when did this I happen? I'm, starting... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. Good. 
I, 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 I'm kind of becoming an, a manga guy too. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, One Piece is. I, I can't wait to see what they do in with previous seasons. Now, I don't necessarily have the same uh, hope for the last Airbender live action. And again, the biggest thing for One Piece, the creator had to approve everything. The original creator of One Piece was the basically had pretty much had the final say of what they did or what they didn't do and that is to me a massive part of why this appealed to me even though i don't know one piece but it felt like something that was trying to pay homage and pay respect to the source material even cool. if things were truncated yeah well done netflix i will give them credit on that and finally, speaking of anime, uh, My Hero Academia Season 6 Part 2. This is on Hulu right now. I mean, you can find it on Crunchyroll, Funimation, and stuff. Uh, one of the reasons I love My Hero Academia is because it's about a kid who's in a world where 80% of people have powers, and he doesn't. And he, he gets powers in a way. And Season 6 is probably the most dark season because he's doing all of this alone there's this huge you know build up over six seasons of fighting the bad guys and you know it's very it's similar to heroes in a way in that regard where all these people have powers and coming together and you know fighting you know this one ending battle and you see the sacrifices and the for an anime this is probably one of the deeper anime even though it's silly and it's you know heavy on the action because the character relationships and I, I, to me, part two of season six does such a fabulous job with showing the relationship of how, you know, Deku is trying to do this all alone and, and realizing his friends, his classmates of class two a are there for him no matter what. And I, you know, that's why I put this on there instead of, I almost put demon slayer, I almost put a couple shows, yeah. other shows on here, but it's just the, theme of this show or this part of season six where i love the action is great obviously but also you know it's very heartfelt and i'm i, I can't wait to go back and you know rewatch this from the beginning cool 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 nice that's a good list um i obviously haven't watched one piece over my hero academia yet but you know the other three uh, yeah. So, all right. Um, so I had Reacher and Ted Lasso on my list. Um, Reacher for obvious reasons, we've been gushing over it for the last, what, four weeks now. Um, and to be honest, the only reason I put Ted Lasso on my top five is because it's the last time I'm going to get a chance to do it. And, um, so to be fair, I did not watch the last season of Mrs. Maisel this year. So I couldn't like in good faith, just throw it on there. Considering I kind of forgot that, that, season, that been, last season came yeah. out this year. So considering Mrs. Maisel has been a, a mainstay on my top five lists since it came out. Um, but yeah. All right. So um, my absolute favorite show of the year is The Bear um, on FX um, and Hulu. If you have not watched it, the first season, just like Reacher, the first season was great. The second season took it to a whole nother level. Um, they got 10 episodes to tell the story this time, uh, versus, uh, eight from the previous season. And it had my, uh, my absolute favorite episode of TV all year. 
in this season. It was episode seven called Forks when um, the character Richie, who had one of the best character development seasons of any character in all of television, gets sent Mm -hmm. to actually like kind of like finish his story, Cody Rhodes style. And uh, (laughs) it was it was amazing. I love it so much. I highly recommend it. Um, My next favorite show, um, again, another one that ended this year, Secession. Um, Secession is my favorite HBO show of all time, hands down. Um, You know, the final season did not disappoint, season four. Again, they gave it 10 episodes. Um, The previous season had only gotten nine. Um, And the fact that they, they, you know, spoilers, um, they killed Logan Roy's character really early in the season. And so the rest of the season is like dealing with that fallout, which was such a brave thing for the show, the show creators to do. And, you know, to say goodbye to Brian Cox. So, you know, with, with so much story left to tell, um, you know, there were seven episodes after Logan died and, it was great. And the, the ending is, is, a, is, it's a heartbreaking ending. Like honestly, for these rich billionaire media tycoons, it's like, how, how is this sad? You know, like how, like, why do I root for these people? There, none of these people are, are any like good at anything, but like, like, you know, Roman Roy played by Kieran Culkin is, is, you know, one of the most underrated characters in TV history. Um, so Definitely check that one out. Um, and then my last one is a shock that I loved it so much was Gen V. Um, I, I thought I thought Gen V was an exceptional first season. I thought the the creators did a much better job putting together season one of Gen V than Kripke did with season one of the boys. And the fact that it tied into the boys so seamlessly that now we can go back and forth with storylines if, if, if they need to. Um, I, I just thought it, it was masterful and all of the young actors did a great job. Um, you know, it was as if not more of a biting satire than the boys is. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and it looked, it looked really good. It was just as diabolical. It was, you know, all of that stuff that, that the boys did does well it just did it better yes so i i had i had a lot of fun with this show again it was another surprise because i didn't necessarily think we needed a gen v especially reading up on how it was going to come about and i thought it was just very surprised pleasantly so i'm looking forward to season two yeah that I, almost this i know you were shocked when my i watched as well i know you were shocked when i when i texted you about what i thought about the first episode and you're like hold on right. a second whoa, whoa slow down yeah <laughs> and i'm like hear me out <laughs> it's fucking great <laughs> so um yeah uh and and just the, the like i said the the young actors that they have cast in in gen v um, Jazz Sinclair is going to be a star. Yes. Um, yeah, she, she is a hundred percent going to be a massive star. And, um, if she could do some kind of like African accent would be a fantastic storm probably. Um, 
if you want to, you know, typecast her as a serial, uh, serial killer as a superhero, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she was great. Um, Dre chance, uh, Pedromo was really good. Lizzie Broadway. Like, where did she come from? You know, she was, she was great. And then, um, London Thor, which is a great name. Um, who was the female version of Jordan and Derek Liu. They were, they were awesome as well. And then Maddie Phillips was like, turned out to be, be a pretty fun little villain, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, as, as like a core cast, you know, I know there were a couple other characters, but like as the core cast, they were, they were great. Yeah. I, I, I really liked this show as well. Like I said, and came close to getting on my list, but you know, I have to be yeah. top five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like, you know, so top. next week is movies. I watched way more TV than I did movies this year, which is usually the opposite. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I thought 2023 was actually a pretty good year. Like, considering some of the stuff we left off and some of the stuff we didn't even get a chance to watch. And, and yeah, and that's what know? I was going to say. There were some shows, like, that I didn't get a chance to watch or I started watching and didn't get a chance to yeah. finish, so couldn't put them on here. Uh, uh, who knows if they would have been e- anyway, but... Yeah, there were a lot of shows where, you know, you got to, got to, ch- and, you know, like for, you know, didn't Jack Ryan season four was this year, right? Yeah. So I didn't, I get didn't a chance even watch, to watch that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. I only watched one episode of Lioness. I didn't finish Bass Reeves. Yeah. And that's just three off the top of my head where yeah. Yellowstone, more out Yellowstone there. finished the first half of season five at the beginning of the week. So, of last right. year, uh, of 2023. Yeah. So, like, like in good conscience, I couldn't put that on my list again. Right. So. But yeah. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's it. This is certified infamous. Like, this is what we liked. Like, are these the best shows on TV? I don't know. Probably not. But they're the ones we like the best. Yeah. So that's yeah, what the this one that list is all about. One, yeah. And that's what I try to say. Like, it's when I say the best of or what stuff or it's I'm looking at it like what resonates with me the most mm-hmm. because I can say, oh, this movie technically is better than the one that resonates more with me. But that's what art's about, what resonates with you, not what necessarily is the best. So, yeah. I mean, if Sydney Sweeney had five movies come out last year, I would have put all five Sydney Sweeney movies <laughs> on my top five. So, anyway. I mean, that resonates with you. <laughs> I mean, Sydney Sweeney just resonates me with me. What can I say? Yeah. So, but, all right. Well, on that note, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. We'll be back, back next week with the season finale of Monarch Legacy of Monsters, because I do believe it was picked up for season two. And we will be back with the penultimate episode of Jack Reacher season two, which has been go. picked up for season three and is filming well, season three filming, currently. Which is so, awesome. Which is great. Um, and we will do our uh, th- the whole exercise again of Certified Infamous just with movies this time. Um, awesome. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for great 2023. Um, it's been a, like, it was an awesome year for, for the show and we look forward to carrying that momentum over to, uh, 2024. So, all right, we'll see y'all later. Bye. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. 
This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.